This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. <laughs> it's time for Santa's favorite kind of wagertainment, the Daily Tip. On my nice list, it's Michael Jenkins. Santa! Oh my God! And getting her a lump of coal. Chelsea Messenger. <laughs> and I can't forget our reindeer, the Donkster, here on the BetQL Network, sponsored by BetMGM. <laughs> If that doesn't get you in the Christmas spirit, I don't know what will. Good morning, everyone. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Coming up for the next three hours on this Tuesday edition, we will go out west for a recap of last night's thrilling finish between the Eagles and the Seahawks in the Emerald City at 620. What you may have missed last night in the NBA, and if we saw any gems on the hardwood, that's followed by NFL Futures at 640. At 7 o'clock, first look at week 16 in the NFL, followed by the NBA schedule at 7.20. Our seven days of parlays continue at 7.40, and we're going to figure out a parlay in the National Hockey League. History will be made on this show today because Chelsea, I believe, for the first time since we started this show two and a half years ago, will make a hockey pick, and I expect it to come home then at 8 o'clock. More from the NFL, followed by P.J. Glasser at 8.20 and the Donkster at 8.45. Chelsea, it's hoodie season. You're looking spry this morning, and I think you got a spring in your step. Why? Because you get to bet on some hockey today. Oh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> and I think I have bet on hockey on the show before, maybe once or yeah. twice. I think I've bet on the Predators before because oh, right. I do like hockey, I just don't bet on things where I don't feel like I am super sharp. Like I'm not super, mm -hmm. super sharp on hockey. I understand hockey. I watch playoff hockey, but it's not something I bet on. Similar to, you know, like college football doesn't really make the card for me a whole lot just because I feel like there's a lot of chaos involved. Uh, so that's more of it than me just like, I don't hate hockey. I just, yeah. it's not my strong point. No, I get that. Everyone has their strengths and weaknesses, and maybe weakness is not the right word because it can't really be a weakness if it's something you haven't delved into. I think it's just there's so many different ways and so many different sports and so many different things you can wager on. It's almost impossible to say, oh, yeah, I do this, 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 and this because you almost spread yourself too thin. Yeah, I think there's a good quote for that. I was uh, I was scrolling some social media platform the other day and I saw this. And I think okay. it's a Jackie Chan quote. Somebody like that. Somebody that does karate. 
And he said, I don't fear <laughs> the man that practices 10,000 kicks once. I fear the man that practices one kick 10,000 times. What do you yeah. make of that? I agree with that quite a bit. It reminds me of, well, I don't know if this is related or not, but it's about being specific in your craft, right? And mm -hmm. so I think Jerry Seinfeld said one time when he was talking about if you're trying to craft a certain appeal, and he said something to the effect of, when you try appealing to everyone, you risk appealing to no one. To no and one. Yeah, and so I kind of feel like it's the same sort of mentality, which is, yeah, if you're just kind of all over the place with no real idea as to what you're doing in a specific lane, you're just kind of sitting out there in the ether and you can't have any true success. So I feel like even though those sound like different quotes, they got to have the same principle behind them. Well, when I first started in this business, all of the handicappers told me that the more specific you can get, the better you will mm -hmm. be because it's really hard to spread yourself thin across every single sport. Now we mm -hmm. are a sports show, so we will try to do our best to at least give you a bird's eye view of just about everything. And that's part of our job. But when it comes mm -hmm. to actually betting, I think you've got to kind of stay in your lane and know what brings you the coin. <laughs> know what brings you the you know what that's a good quote right there maybe someday there will be another show years from now and they will quote jackie chan jerry seinfeld and chelsea messenger you gotta know what brings you the coin and you know what you brought us the coin last night yeah dk metcalf over his receiving prop of 63 and a half this was a late one to come through but still when crunch time came around it was dk metcalf that got it done with a couple of big catches at the end of this game that secured the win for the seahawks uh so that was a nice little winner because the handicap in this one was the eagles secondary had been really bad coming into this game giving up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers for most of the game we didn't really see this it was actually mm -hmm. the run game that was getting those big uh, chunk yardage plays with Kenneth Walker III. So I was pretty nervous on this one, but luckily it came through at the very end. I had ODU, Western Kentucky, under 54. Let me tell you, I don't know if anyone watched this game. This game was crazy, crazy. I got to stop betting on bowl season. Not because I love it so much, but man, you just never know. And I also wanted to be on ODU as well. I came really close to laying four with Old Dominion. Old Dominion jumped out to a 21-0 lead in this game. They led 28-7, I believe, at the half, or at least late in the second quarter, because Western Kentucky's second-string quarterback just lost his mind. They put in the third string. This cat comes in and leads the team to five touchdowns. And Western Kentucky blocked a field goal late, tied it, won in overtime. Just, it was a wild game. But that's also one of the great things about bowl season. I hated that I lost my bet, but also it was, it, it was, it was a terrible loss if you're on ODU. Not so much for the under. It just kind of got crazy and out of hand. Bad loss if you're on ODU, but a great game. So depending on what side you're on, maybe you loved it, maybe you hated it. As for the Darkster. 
He had the Heat money line hosting the Timberwolves. T-Wolves win outright. 112, 108, that's a loss. But he did have the Pens money line minus 120 hosting the Wild, and the Pens win 4-3. So for the week, Chelsea, you are 1-0. I am 0-1, and the Doxter is 1-1. Matt just said in the chat that was a gross all-time loss, talking about Old Dominion, and he's not wrong. Everyone I knew was on ODU. I was kicking myself early. I thought, you should have been on ODU. And then I watched that game. I thought, nope, had you weren't. Amazing how that works. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. She is Chelsea. I'm Jinx. Monday Night Football. The Seahawks toppled the Eagles last night in Seattle 20-17. to The Seahawks went off as five-point dogs. Seahawks plus 205 on the money line. Total set at 46. The under hits. Jalen Hurts does play in this game. Took a separate flight from Philly because he wasn't feeling well. Had flu-like symptoms. Still played. Was not effective. Instead, it's Seattle backup Drew Locke taking center stage and leading the Hawks on a 92-yard drive at the end of the game and then finishing with this. Locke, end zone. It is caught. Touchdown, Seattle. Yeah, the Smith and Jigba has put the Seahawks on top. Joe Buck with the call on ESPN. Jackson Smith and Jigma continues his stellar rookie season. And the Seahawks, once again, just take it to the Eagles. They have had the Eagles number. Listen to this. Pete Carroll has never lost to Philadelphia when playing at home. He is a perfect 8-0 in his career and 6-2 and against the spread. Sometimes that's just the way it is in sports or sports betting. There's just one team, one coach that figures out another side, and we saw it again last night. Even though when was the last time these two teams played? I think it was, what, 2020? So, Mm -hmm. yes, I get what you're saying, but, like, they didn't play them last year. The Eagles were really good last year. I think a lot of this is just the Eagles are kind of caught in a tough stretch. Jalen Hurts is not feeling himself. And it just doesn't feel like an Eagles team that is formidable as we saw last year. Because I keep thinking to myself, okay, maybe this is a good buy low spot on an Eagles team that's still good, that has already clinched their way to the postseason. And I feel like in the NFC, there's not that many really top dogs. Like it looks like the Niners now are really standing atop the mountain. And maybe the Eagles are kind of climbing their way up. But I don't know. I think it it's the same feeling I got when watching the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Like, they just don't seem mm-hmm. that good. Do you think I'm overreacting here? Because this is what I don't want to do, is see these losses and overreact. But even when they were at full strength and not the amidst, you know, the, the depths of a really tough part of their schedule, because you've got to remember, mm-hmm. this is not an easy trip. Going on the road to Seattle is a tough place. If you watched the game last night, you saw how yeah. crazy it gets uh, out at Lumen Field. But I don't know. Huh. I don't think I'm in on the Eagles this year. They just look different. I, I think the Chiefs comparison is an apt one, which is, look, there's no question these are two of the better teams in the NFL. But the Eagles at times looked unbeatable last year. And mm-hmm. so did the Chiefs at times. This year, they are mortal. You know, it's like, listen, every team has a little bit of kryptonite that they can put right in front of the Eagles, right in front of the Chiefs, and just maybe 
wear them down and beat them. So yes, they're formidable. Yes, they have the talent to win it all, but they have taken a bit of a step back this year, particularly the Eagles. They just look out of sorts right now. We saw Matt Patricia call on defensive plays last night, did a great job of the first half, gave up a little bit in the second half, but I don't think this is on the Eagles defense necessarily. If Jalen Hurts goes into that game and performs in any game the way he did last night, they're probably going to lose. And I think this was part of the handicap, which is, look, Jalen Hurts is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. There's no question. And whenever someone is sick, what is the first thing you think of? Oh, my God, this is going to be Willis Reed. This is going to be Michael Jordan. It's going to be you going in and being sick and, and being a hero. Well, sometimes when you're sick, you play like you're sick, and Jalen Hurts played like a guy who just wasn't 100% last night. Yeah, another comparison to the Chiefs. Remember when Patrick Mahomes was sick? Yeah. He had the flu, and he played like it. Speaking of heroes, what a game from Drew Locke. That final yeah. drive, for somebody who was not the starting quarterback, and I feel like it's almost apt that he's Geno Smith's backup, who actually <laughs> filled that role for quite some time. But this game was really interesting because up until the final seconds before kickoff, they didn't want to announce who was starting at quarterback. I mm -hmm. thought to myself, is Geno Smith going to pop out of a cake? What are we doing here? Is the element of surprise that important to Pete Carroll? Did you find this fascinating? Like even like, I think it was 15 minutes before the game, Adam Schefter was yeah. on Monday night countdown and he was looking at his phone. He's like, yeah, they haven't officially named a starter. Geno Smith is active, but we don't know if mm -hmm. he's going to play. Do you think this was gamesmanship by B Pete Carroll? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think this was anything the Seahawks could do to get an advantage. And frankly, I don't blame him. I think that's a fair thing to do. That's part of coaching at any level. And so here, I think when you're in a situation where the Seahawks had lost, what, four straight now they're sort of back in the NFC playoff picture. They really, really needed this win. They're dogs at home. So any little thing that you can do that's within the rules to try to give yourself an advantage, I don't think it would have mattered either way. But maybe mentally it feels like some sort of boost. You feel like you're throwing the Eagles off. Yeah, I think that's exactly what Pete Carroll is doing. Well, also this line moved. Wasn't it four and a mm -hmm. half for a quick second before the game? Because when we did yeah. the show, it was three. And I think a lot of people thought that there was a chance that Geno Smith still played. Then it was Drew Locke. I think this is an important lesson is know the backup quarterback. Because not all backup quarterbacks are created equal. Sometimes you can mm -hmm. get some value. And obviously, this is very easy to say after the fact. But not all backup quarterbacks are created equal. Some actually have playing experience in the NFL. And Drew Locke certainly has that. Like, he has played for, uh, obviously, the Seahawks. He played for the Broncos, was a starter for, like, a hot minute. So he is not going to light the place on fire, but he at least is a viable option for a team that gives them a shot. Yeah, absolutely. Where did he go to school? I feel like it was Missouri. Was that well, right? I remember uh, It was somewhere in the SEC, I believe. I think it was Missouri. I just remember he rapped on the sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> I did not remember. Oh, I remember that. That's Missouri. when he played for the Broncos, right? When he played for the Broncos mm -hmm. and they caught him on the sideline and he was bouncing and he knew all the lyrics. Good for him. Oh, it was Missouri. Okay, good. I just, I love when I see these quarterbacks because I'm such a college football fiend and they ball out in college 
And then a few years later, you're like, yeah, this guy just kind of meandered his way around the NFL and made a nice career of it. No shame in that at all. But that was a huge play. And also, you have to be thrilled if you're Seattle that you have Jackson Smith and Jigba and DK Metcalf and those guys, such an imposing receiving core. And a young guy to make a catch like that in that moment at Lumen Field. Lumen Field is absolutely crazy, by the way. I haven't been to every NFL stadium, but I've been to Lumen Field twice and easily the loudest stadium I've ever been in. Coming up next here on the show, we are headed to the hardwood and we're going to get you updated on anything you may have missed last night, including the Knicks overcoming another stellar performance from LeBron James. It is the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. It is great to have you with us on a Tuesday. Coming back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us. It is a Tuesday. I'm Michael Jenkins, live in the nation's capital. She is Chelsea Messenger, live in the Music City. Coming up in just a bit, we will talk NBA action as the Pistons continue running out of gas. Chelsea, I saw this yesterday, and I didn't have a strong feeling about it, but I wanted to get your take. The Lakers have done it. They have hung the banner. They hung the banner last night at Crypto.com Arena, which will always be staples to me, by the way, for the IST Championship, the NBA Cup. There is a banner in the rafters that said, we did it. We nailed it. We won an in-season tournament. We are one of the most storied franchises in the NBA. But look at this little banner over here in front of the arena air conditioner flapping in the wind. That's an NBA Cup championship banner. Do you like it or no? Or do you don't even care? Well, I like that they made it a little different than the other banners. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think you should have the same, uh, you know, banner as obviously an NBA Finals uh, one should have. Mm -hmm. But what else are they supposed to do? Like, I was thinking about this. If you're in charge of the Lakers, what do you do for the in-season tournament? Like, I think this is probably the best route. You just do, like, a small banner that's a different color to yeah. justify, you know, hey, this is not the same thing. We get that. But we wanted to do something. Because, I mean, they did win some games. It's nice. I will say I'm glad they made it much smaller. If they had hung up this banner next to the Lakers championship banners, I would have probably destroyed a TV here in this studio. I would have been that viral video like, yeah, and I throw a remote and I go up and just start punching the TV and then I break it. And then Andrew says, hey, man, you you owe us for that TV. I'm like, no, 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 no. You, you send that bill to LeBron James. I didn't have anything to do with this. I, I, I get it. It's, it's. It's something, but at least they put it in the proper perspective. You know what they should do? 
they should just get one of those old school pennants. Remember an old school pennant like in the 70s and 80s and you would just like put it up next to your wall? I know Bill remembers this, right? And you would just like tack it to your wall, be like a long triangle. They should just get that and it says like NBA Cup champs and they just put it in a corner where you can kind of see it. It'll be a kitschy thing like, hey, did you know if you're in section 435 of Crypto.com Arena and you lean to the left right behind that pillar, you can kind of see the pennant there? That's what I would do. Where do you draw the line for teams celebrating wins? Like, I, because this reminds me of baseball, how you can win the mm-hmm. pennant, which is not the same thing as winning the World Series, <laughs> right. if I am remembering correctly, because you give away those pennants. And there's also little ones for winning your division, which I do think are accomplishments. So where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's not comforting if you're a team that's, say, trying to win the Super Bowl and you simply win the NFC or win the AFC, but it is something. I agree. I also think, and maybe this isn't fair, I also think it depends on your franchise. It's funny to me to see the Lakers, because the Lakers, when you think of basketball, certainly the Lakers are one of the first franchises that come to mind when you think of all the championships and the great players over the years. So maybe if this were, I don't know, the Kings... Or the Blazers, I'd be like, yeah, good for you guys. You deserve it. When it's the Lakers, I don't want to say it feels beneath them because, again, they put it in its proper place. It just seems strange to me because they have as much of a history as anyone in the league. Yeah, but wouldn't people be roasting them if they put up, like, a laminated sheet of paper? Like, they had to do something. And I feel like they were just kind of in a tough position because, yeah. Jenks, I feel like you're never going to give the IFT any credit anyways. No, so I won't. So I, I feel like no matter what they did, you would be roasting them. Am I wrong? Well, well, I'm not hardcore roasting them. If I wanted to roast them, I would roast them. I'm just never going to be on board with the IST. Maybe if they change it. Maybe if they take it and they turn it into some sort of different format. I think we talked about, you brought it up actually and said, if this were more of a tournament style, like a March Madness, what what was the name we came up with? Christmas craziness or the Christmas, I don't know what it was. Whatever it was, something, you come up with a good name and it's just single elimination. I feel like that would be more exciting. That would be more exciting, but I don't think it would necessarily showcase the best teams. Like, do you ever think about that in college basketball? Because if we did something, well, I guess football single elimination, but that's a different game. Imagine if the NBA playoffs were single elimination and there was just some random game where, Mm -hmm. say, one of the better teams just has an awful night shooting. They go, oh, for 26 from the field or from (laughs) three-point line or something. I just feel like it's not a good indication of who the truly best teams are. Do you get what I'm saying? No, I, I think you're a thousand percent right about that. It It's so, here's the thing. It What does it really mean? Like, what does it mean? It means nothing. It means nothing because once this thing is over, now I am starting to get fired up about it. Once it's, once it's over, what has been proven? Nothing, did the odds change? No, they didn't. Did we suddenly come out of this thinking, whew, tell you what, that LeBron James character can play. No, nothing changed. It was just a bunch of, 
it was sort of much ado about nothing in my view. It, it was a nice bit of intrigue. This is the same franchise that will not hang a banner for a division title or even a Western Conference title, and you're going to hang a banner for an in-season tournament? I didn't know that, really. Oh, yeah, they all, the only banners in that arena banner. before this one, the only oh. banners in there before this one were the title banners. That makes it even worse. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. But what are they going to do, well, just not acknowledge it? Like, do you think there was yes. any pushback from the NBA? Yes. Because I think the NBA probably wants them to embrace this oh, and no run doubt. with it to help promote the league. I think at the end of the day, oh, great stat, Matt. Lakers are 9-17 and 17 in non-IST games this year. Well, if you want to talk awesome. about stats that don't matter, like these are regular season games. Like, I think... Obviously, most teams are taking these in-season tournament games way more serious. Like, we've seen that in betting. And when you bet on props, like, clearly, the stars come out to play for the in-season tournament game. So, I feel like that's something that, you know, the regular season games, it's the same as the regular, plain old regular season. If you get in the postseason, your regular season stats don't matter that much. Like, remember, what was it, last year or the year before where the Warriors were one of the lower uh, or higher seeds? You know, they weren't one of the top seeds in the postseason. Right, right, right. But did anybody look at their regular season record and say, well, you know, look at their regular season record? I just feel like in the NBA, it doesn't matter quite as much. And I think you could tell. Like, the fact that the Lakers can turn it on and go 7-0 mm -hmm. in in-season tournament games, you don't think that means anything? No, <laughs> I don't. I, I, they can't. LeBron's always going to get up for everything, so I guess it means something. But here's the thing: at the end of the year, you got to do more than just play well in the IST for playoff seating. So it's almost. Well, LeBron won almost, a championship. Well, yeah, but you still want great seating at the end of the year. You don't want to suddenly say, hey, we won the IST, and now we can just quit trying and end up with some sort of eight seed. Ideally, you win all of your games, or you have a winning record outside of the IST so that come the postseason, you have a better seed, which positions you better to potentially win an NBA title because that's the ultimate goal. They're 15 and 12. Like, would you be panicking right now? I don't think so. Like, that's not that big of a deal to me. It's December 19th. All right, pause. What are we arguing about right now? I don't, I don't even, even know. know. I don't either. <laughs> it's like an like, old married couple. I'll tell you one thing. I don't like the NBA Cup. Well, I'm not crazy about it either, but I'll tell you something. The Lakers still have a shot. Well, I think they have a shot too. We're just talking round and round. It's the NBA Cup. Let's just be thankful it's over, Chelsea. Let's just be thankful it's over. I'm not thankful it's you over. I need to make it perfectly clear. I like the in-season <sighs> tournament because <sighs> you could pinpoint which players are actually playing. And you could Gross. look at the props and say, okay, we're going to be getting the best effort from the stars. And did I not put my money where my mouth was? I bet on these games. I bet on player you props did. during the in-season tournament. You did. You did. So full credit to you. As I've said before, IST expert, Chelsea Messenger. Not IT expert, IST so next year, when we're supposed to handicap these games, I'm not handicapping a one. It's going to be your segment. I'm going to let you run the whole thing. It's going to be great. But you did crush it this year, so I can't deny that. You were very good. I, I might not win an NBA bet all year.
Let's find out what happened last night in the NBA, Chelsea, in the non-NBA Cup games. Hawks all over the Pistons, 130-124. Okay, it wasn't that bad. Pistons cover the 12-point spread. Hawks minus 650. Total set at 247. The over hits, as you might imagine. All five starters scoring double figures for the Hawks. Trey Young, 31 and 15 assists for the Pistons. Let's keep the count going. They have now lost 24 straight games. Fourth longest losing streak in NBA history, but they do get a career-high 43 points from Cade Cunningham. He had seven assists, five rebounds. The Pistons may never win again. But they did cover, so I think that should be noted moving forward. But this was a game where you could play player props and you probably came out uh, doing pretty well for yourself because coming into this mm-hmm. game, the Hawks and the Pistons, two of the worst defenses in the league. I think we talked about this game. The fact that we like the over here, 130 to 20, 124 final score. The Hawks and the Pistons are third and fourth when giving up the most points to opposing players. So you can shake your head and say some of these games are terrible, but some of them mm-hmm. are actually good spots to play the stars. Like, Trey Young, his points prop was really high, but I'm pretty sure Cade Cunningham got his 43 points in this one in a losing effort. But you've got to remember, there are a lot of young players on some of these bad teams that are still trying to play well. You know, they're playing for their jobs. They're playing for their legacies. So even though these games don't mean a lot to us, they're meaningful games to guys like Cade Cunningham. No, you're right, and this is a guy that the Pistons drafted to be a star. It's just one game, but hopefully that's one of the things you can look to if you're a Pistons fan. Okay, we're bad right now, but Cade Cunningham starting to develop in the guy we hoped he would be. Out West, we're talking about the Lakers. They get upset by the Knicks last night, 114-109. The Knicks were getting four and a half points. They were plus 160 on the money line at BetMGM. Your total, 235 and a hook be under hits. Jalen Brunson, 29. Julius Randle, 27 and 14. Emmanuel quickly adds 20. And the Knicks overcome LBJ racking up his 109th career triple-double. He goes for 25 points. 11 boards, 11 assists, and the Lakers lose at home for only the third time all season long. All they need is another IST. (laughs) Uh, But the real question mark in this one was when we did the show, Anthony Davis Mm -hmm. was questionable. And this is why I like the in-season tournament, because you don't have to guess. Because Anthony Davis ended up playing in this game. Because my play Mm -hmm. would have been Julius Randle over his points, over his rebounds or something, you know, banking on the absence of Anthony Davis down low. But Anthony Davis played, and he also played 35 minutes. So I would have been wrong there. And once again, the Lakers are one of those teams that if it's not an in-season tournament game, good luck knowing who's actually playing. No, that's true. I love the under in this game. I should have bet it. I should have bet it. I'm so angry because my NBA bets off the record have been kind of decent, but I just don't have the guts to play them. So that's on me. That's my own fault. In Oklahoma City, the Thunder crushed the Grizz, 160-97. Thunder laying 10.5 points, minus 550 on the money line. Your over-under set at 229.5. The under hits. Shea Gilgis-Alexander continues his amazing play. 30 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. Chet Holmgren, 17 points, 6 rebounds, 7 blocks, OKC remains in second place in the Western Conference, but the Grizz tonight, after everything we've seen in this early trial, 
get the return of John Morant after his 25-game suspension. So all eyes are going to be on the Grizz tonight, who I believe are in New Orleans. Ooh, that should be interesting after his mm -hmm. riveting stretch in Memphis court where <laughs> they explain every single facet of pickup basketball. But Jinx, I was going to ask you this quickly. Did you see the mm -hmm. Instagram picture that SGA posted saying SGA over, SGA under? And he was kind of like making fun of people playing as props. And I was like, SGA is usually pretty good. Who's he complaining yeah. about? He's probably tired of hearing it from the fans. I need two more, SGA. I need two more. He's like, oh, God, <laughs> I'm so over this. Coming up in five minutes. Is Brock Purdy really going to win NFL MVP? And should he? NFL Futures coming up on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back on a Tuesday. Great to have you along with us. It's the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. We got NFL futures coming your way. The Niners are the favorites to win the Super Bowl, but some other big name teams are providing plenty of value right behind them. I just read this and I am so disturbed. For the fifth straight year, this is a record. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You is the first song to top the Hot 100. 2019, 2020. 2021, 2022, and 2023. Five straight years. This song is number one in the country. Again, is it ever going to end? Ever? You know, I was listening to yesterday. Have you ever listened to, this was probably seven or eight years ago, and I think it was some holiday spectacular in New York City. And someone isolated Mariah's vocals from the music because she was having problems hearing. And listen, Mariah's a legend, okay? I get that. Mariah. Double D, don't you dare. Play the one that I heard, the one on YouTube, where she it's just her. And she's like, all I want for Christmas is you. And you're like, whoa, what in the hell was that? And then it gets way off tune the whole time. Oh, it's so bad. Play that version, Double D, because that's the version stuck in my head every year with this song. If somehow I got locked up in Gitmo, Guantanamo Bay, that would be my torture. I'd be like, is it going to be water torture? No, 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 no. We're just going to play... Mariah Carey and Taylor Swift on a loop for years at a time. And it would drive me crazy, Chelsea. Once again, this song never goes away. I have a question. Why did it rise back to popularity in 2019? Because this is not a new song. Like, it's been yeah. out for a long time. 
I remember in middle school when I was in middle school chorus, we sang this song and I don't remember it being overplayed or that popular. Like I knew it, but do you think it's social media? Do you think it's like one person started like using it and then everybody kind of had a running joke about it, how this is Mariah season and people Mm -hmm. just use this on every single Instagram, every single TikTok, um, whatever, what was the one before TikTok? Vine? I don't know. Fine, yeah. Like, why did it I all think of a sudden get so popular? Honestly, I think it's the Swifties. I think it's this younger generation where they hyper-focus on something that they like and they just refuse to pop out of that bubble, even for the smallest bit. So they're going to listen to this song every year and they'll do it for the next 20 years. It's the same reason why Taylor Swift can release the exact same song or an extended version, even though the song has been out for two years, and they'll listen to it for another year. They're in that zone, and they'll say, this is all I need to hear. I love this song. I, I love this song every year. I keep listening to this song. Ooh, this is a different version. And they just stay in that bubble without breaking out and saying, you know, there are other things here that you can listen to. I like this song. I like Mariah. It's the same, it's the same principle I have with the whole Swift thing, which is I like her. I just don't want to be inundated with the same thing again and again and again. It was released in 1994. Yes. It never hit hit number one until 2019. It wasn't even a hit when it was first released. So whoever's doing the marketing for Mariah during Christmas deserves a raise. Like, is Kris Jenner behind this? Because whoever did this, you know, performed some, uh, some sort of miracle. But I will say... I do like finding Christmas songs from pop artists that I like because there's not that many good ones. Like we have the classic Christmas songs that will be played over and over and over again. Like, are you complaining about any of those? Like, cause think about how long those Christmas songs, like rocking around the Christmas tree, like Brenda Lee, like that one's been around for ages. I will agree with you that it's not nearly as annoying as the Mariah Carey one. But right. still, I think it's also the lack of like iconic, somewhat modern Christmas songs because people mm-hmm. want to listen to Christmas songs this time of year. Well, it's not. I like the song, but this is what I always say. You can name Holly Jolly Christmas, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. You can go on and on, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, all these songs you know you're going to hear. And I'll hear them a few times, and it's great. It's nostalgic. This song will be everywhere. If I walk into Starbucks, it's going to be playing. Mm-hmm. If I play today's top hits, not Christmas songs, on Pandora or Spotify, this song will play. So you can't escape it. Social media, perfect. How many times? You nailed it. How many times is this song going to be under some sort of video? A billion. So even if I don't want to listen to it, I can't escape it. Same thing with Taylor. I'm telling you, there's a lot of parallels here where... It's always under social media videos. Everywhere you go, you're going to hear it. So I don't even have a choice not to hear it. I'd like to hear it as part of a Christmas rotation, but now I don't want to hear it at all because I know it's going to be ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. Wow. Came out of nowhere with that one. Yeah, sorry. Triple letter score for Michael Jenkins. (laughs) But think of what are the modern Christmas iconic songs? Like the ones that are originals, because there are pop stars who have redone famous Christmas songs, but are there any originals that you find are iconic? Because I don't feel like that's there's that many. 
Like NSYNC oh, had one. a good Christmas album. Yeah. Um, maybe Kelly Clarkson had some good ones. And I will say, if we're on the Taylor Swift train, Christmas Tree Farm is pretty nice. I do like that one. Oh, I don't know that song. I don't know that song. I gotta really? check that out. I Catherine no, I does don't. not you listen want, to that. Oh, you, you want to sing it for me? In the rotation. Chelsea, warm up those pipes. You've had forty-eight minutes. Let's go. Let's hear it. Forty-eight minutes. I don't know all the words. Like oh. I like the song, but I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. I can't recite every single word. Um, but think about it. What are the iconic songs that are somewhat modern and original? by you know today's artists well today's artists none i read an article this is a few years ago now and it and the article presented that very question why aren't there any popular songs now from current artists that capture our collective consciousness because you're going to hear last christmas by wham you're going to hear all i want for christmas is you <laughs> double d just put rudolph the red-nosed reindeer by but that's DMX. a remake the that's not his what own is song. The, oh, what's the one by Lil John? Is it All I Want for Christmas, but it's it's totally original? That's a jam, I'm telling you. That song Ooh, absolutely I haven't heard just that. slaps. Oh, my God. I think it's All I Really Want for Christmas. It's so good. I heard that last year, and I immediately bought that song. I have to play this now. Double D found this. Okay. So here's the thing. If you like Mariah Carey and All I Want for Christmas is you, Okay. Well, here's Mariah a few years ago when someone stripped away the instrumentation and it's just Mariah's vocals. Here you go. Make my wish come true for Christmas. You. Make my wish come true. I'm just gonna keep on waiting. Woo -woo 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 -woo. You, you. <laughs> That's terrible. If she appeared on American Idol, they'd be like, it's a no. It's a no for me, God. Dog. And Simon would the say, The whole time no. I was thinking, okay, this isn't that bad. This isn't that bad. And then she oh. squeaked there, and I was like, uh oh. Uh-oh, there it is. But, Jenks, I feel like this is the equivalent of, like, Giannis airballing a free throw. Is Giannis a bad basketball player? No. Is it embarrassing? Yes. Should he have at least hit the rim? Probably. But do you think Mariah Carey is still a good singer? Like, I've heard her sing no. a cappella before. You don't think so at all? I've heard her sing well, just in interviews. And, like, she here's the thing. sounds good. Well, first of all, with Giannis, it's not like his sole job is to shoot free throws. He can drive to the basket. I mean, shooting. He can dunk. Shooting he can rebound. Shooting basketball is number one on the list in basketball. But it's one of a lot of different things he does on the court. Mariah has one He's job. Sing. That's it. Sing. Free. Just sing. You don't, free throw. You don't have. Yeah. But <laughs> rebounds, assists, points, driving the bucket. Also, there are all sorts of things besides free throws that make up a basketball player. Mariah Carey, you don't even have to dance. You don't even have to get dressed up. All you have to do is sing. I don't think she can sing anymore. And so every year, she just cashes a fat paycheck because this one song. In fact, she I did not know this. 
until my friend Anna, who is one of our producers out of the Commanders, and she showed me this video. Every year, like late November, Mariah releases a YouTube video where she breaks out of a piece of ice or something like that, and she mm -hmm. says in a really high octave, it's time! And she's basically saying it's time for the release of the song again. She can't sing anymore. Well, Matt brought up a good uh, a good point here, saying she mm -hmm. destroyed her voice. Mariah Carey is like a running quarterback. When it's good, it's good. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it can limit your career. Because think about <laughs> how high she sings. Is that sustainable? It's kind of like RG3. Yes, he can run around, but is it sustainable? Isn't he going to get hurt? I feel like Mariah yeah. Carey is the running quarterback of singing. <sighs> well, I was trying to come up with some sort of Brock Purdy or 49ers comparison since we were going to talk about that. I can't come up with it. I think you're right. She had a great run. She's still a legend. She's still a diva. I'm just tired, Chelsea. I'm just tired of the song. I want to hear a different song. I want you to... I think you to... made your point. <laughs> no, 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 no. We we're going to skip the break. We're going to skip the break, and I'm just going <laughs> to keep talking about it. Forget the commercials. More of me complaining about Mariah Carey. For Christmas is you. Oh, no. Great job, Mariah. I think I sang it better than she did, honestly. Coming up next, what does week 16 have in store for us in the National Football League? All we want for Christmas is some winners. It's next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by Madam Jim. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.